1: Hello, welcome to another episode of The Food Code. Excited to be back in the studio podcasting room that we have here. (laughs) I feel, I I just feel privileged. I feel privileged to be here. Um, So today's podcast is going to be on macros, aka macronutrients. We're going to kind of give like a macros 101 um, because a lot of people think certain things about it. And we'd like to kind of just go over the basics and make sure that you understand what macros are. We don't always use it with our clients, although it is a tool that we do use occasionally, um, because I think it's a great education tool. But before we get into the podcast, we want to do our tip or trick. Um, And I was actually listening to another podcast today um that was recommended by one of my clients. Um I love when my clients give me give me helpful things. Uh but the podcast is called Hidden Brain. It's NPR's podcast. I feel really smart whenever I listen to anything with NPR. <laughs> i that's just me. But anyways, um they were talking about Creature, the podcast was called Creature of Habit. Um, so we can definitely link in the show notes Creature of Habit, uh, NPR's podcast. But it talked about how to develop new habits and essentially how motivation doesn't last, like we've talked about before. Um, but even honestly, knowledge, they say, knowledge and education isn't always even a, a great. Kind of mover of habits um, and lifestyle change. And, you know, a lot of people struggle with, let's talk about them, exercise and nutrition. Um, they're the big things that people struggle with creating consistent habits around. Um, although it's easy to consistently drink every weekend and not exercise, it's not easy to do things that we know are right for our body because they don't create as immediate releases of dopamine as you know smoking a cigarette or drinking alcohol or eating a delicious burger do. Um, and so kind of the biggest tip that they gave was the idea of friction um, and creating friction or removing friction around habits that you want to create or want to remove. So the concept of adding more friction to a habit that you want to get rid of, for example, drinking alcohol, could include something like Every time you want a drink of alcohol, you have to get a key out and remove it from a cabinet in your house that has a lock on it. Or every time you're out and you want to drink with friends, you have to first have a cup of water or basically adding in these friction points um, that force you to go through a ha- you know something that's more difficult to get through the thing get to the thing that you want ultimately. and then the concept of removing friction around habits that you want to create. So if you want to start running every day, um, you know buying new running clothes or sleeping in your running clothes so that in the morning you don't have to take off your warm pajamas and put on cold clothes um, and kind of basically removing friction from things you want to create. So take this tip, write down one thing that you want, to create more friction around and come up with a thing that you want to you know do to create more friction around that. If you guys want help, feel free to message us. We'd be happy to look at these um, and decide on one easy habit that you want to create and figure out what is in your way of creating it and start to implement things that will make it more fun, um, make it easier to accomplish, and think about that concept of friction around these habits. So that's yeah. our
0: tip. I love today. that. I think it's super... Easy to instill or make habits that you want to break, you know, harder yep. to do. So, like for example, if you have ice cream in your freezer, you're gonna eat the ice cream every night because you know that it's there, yeah. right? But if you don't have it in the house, then you're less likely to eat it unless you have to go out to the grocery store and buy it or you drive to Andy's custard, like you hack to take multiple steps Mm -hmm. to curing that craving. So I know right now we were just talking offline and we're going to do a podcast about just some of our struggles, but coming out of the holidays, Uh, the sugar cravings are real. real. And going back to not having any wine during the week (laughs) is also, you know, it's hard because we've been in this like two week, what day is it? All the celebrations, all the parties, you mm-hmm. know, moderation, enjoyment, whatever. But um, yeah, I love that concept. I think it's really good. So yeah, cool. that's, our,
1: that's our tip or trick for today.
0: All right. So let's dive into macronutrients. So we get asked a lot about this and I know that there are a lot of nutrition coaches out there that only do macros, macro coaches. Yep. Um, at Lifestyle Nutrition, we focus on a lot of other things, in your lifestyle, such as sleep, stress, your lifestyle routines and habits, just why we shared that tip. (laughs) Um, but it is also a tool for you to understand what makes up your calories and that is macronutrients. Mm -hmm. So we're going to kind of break down each of the three here. Um, so first we have protein. So for every gram of protein, there are four calories, same thing for carbs. Um, but fats are a little bit higher as they have nine, calories per gram. So for protein, you've got four calories for each gram. And biggest benefit of protein is that it will keep you satiated throughout the day. So it's slow digesting in the body. Um, It takes a while for your body to break it down. So therefore, if you are on a calorie deficit or a cut, let's Mm -hmm. say, um, you'll likely see your protein higher or you might, like for me, I gravitate for higher protein foods because it keeps me full longer.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And protein is. I go back and forth sometimes between deciding whether I think protein is the most important or fats are the most important because both have really big negative impacts when under eaten. Um, So... Protein also helps control blood sugar throughout the day, uh, so not having those like highs and lows and high energy and then crashing. Uh, I make sure that I eat protein at every meal, and then my snacks often include some amount of protein because it just helps me keep more level-headed throughout the day, helps my energy stay a little bit more consistent. Um, and if you have issues with blood sugar rising and lowering, um, protein can be a great Tool for you to use throughout your day. Uh, The big thing about the protein is the bioavailability of it, too, is picking sources that are allowing you to get the benefits of protein. Because protein isn't just protein. Like protein has nutrients and vitamins like zinc and calcium and beta alanine and taurine and creatine and lots of B vitamins. And those things are all needed by the body. But if our body cannot get them from the foods because the food source is not very what we consider bioavailable it's hard for the body to obtain the necessary amounts of those resources so examples are you know organic quality grass fed protein you know, you know animal protein sources so yeah. chicken eggs seafood fish beef are going to be a lot more bioavailable to your body than plant-based sources. Yeah. And um, so
0: we'll do a, another podcast yep. on plant-based food sources. And if you're following a plant-based diet, cause we know that's really popular right mm-hmm. now, but we want to just make sure that you don't become deficient in anything. So keeping high quality protein in your diet is yeah. key. Yeah. All so, of- and I, I love what you said, you have protein every single meal. So that's yeah. one thing where, you know, when we talk about, Workout nutrition, which we will link in our other podcast. Um, protein should be at all meals throughout the day so that you stay satiated and you don't find yourself hangry or at dinner time, you know, five o'clock, six o'clock at night time, and realize like I haven't had any protein all
1: day. Yeah. And I've so, just snacked on <clears throat> carbs. For sure. So, protein essentially. I'm sure you guys have probably heard of amino acids or BCAAs is like a common supplement that people take. Mm-hmm. Um, so all proteins in the body are made up of an arrangement of 20 different amino acids. So eight of these amino acids are described as essential, which means we cannot get them from our body creating them. We have to get them from food, um, and we must eat foods and proteins capable of supplying them. So the other amino acids can actually be synthesized by the liver um, if it's not provided by the diet. So our body can make them if necessary. Um, But protein in the diet that comes from animal sources contains all of the essential amino acids, whereas plant sources do not. You can get a combination of plant sources and you can supplement, which we will definitely link out our vegan episode, Um, but you can supplement. But these essential amino acids are essential to the body. Our body needs them. So a lot of people are like, I just don't like protein or, you know, I've never been a big protein eater. Finding ways to enjoy protein and include it in your day and make it in ways that you enjoy, um, like my, one of our favorite meals is air fryer chicken nuggets. Mm. Love them. Delicious. We, we bread them with breadcrumbs. I don't use almond flour. Whatever. <laughs> um, I use real breadcrumbs. Um, breadcrumbs and egg and we chop up some chicken breast and throw them in the air fryer and they're like chicken nuggets. So like finding ways to enjoy the protein um, can be huge as well. Yeah. Good, so. Good on to the next
0: one. Yes, let's move on. So healthy fats. So first, I just want to say here that protein and fats are both essential. So carbohydrates are your non-essential macronutrients. However, we do believe that they're essential. But just from a science standpoint, um, protein and fats are your two essential macronutrients. So fats are, as I mentioned before, a little bit more dense in calories. So for each gram, there's nine calories. So if you've ever looked at the back of a trail monkey, mixed bag, you'll notice that one small serving is like 300 (laughs) calories. So very, so sad, (sighs) very easy to overdo fats. If you're eating handfuls of nuts or Mm -hmm. tablespoons of nut butter, which is one of my favorites. Um, so this is where we want to be conscious of our serving size for sure. So I usually say about a a thumb size, a a teaspoon, I'm sorry, a tablespoon, Mm -hmm. or if I was doing an avocado like a half of an avocado would be a good size serving. Yep. Um, but fats are crucial for hormone function, especially in women. So we often see females that under eat healthy fats mm-hmm. suffer hormone imbalances. Mm-hmm. So I recommend, Becca, you can weigh in on this, at least 50 grams of fats per day. Yeah. Um, even for a, a petite person, Yeah, keeping healthy fats, that does have to sacrifice, you know, maybe a little more protein, a little more carbs, but we want to really keep the Fat content.
1: Yeah, I usually take calories that I'm allotting to a person if we're working within those parameters, um, and depending on their goals. So, like if someone is a high performing athlete, um, I definitely keep fats in a good range, but they need carbs more. Yeah. Um, so the the percentage of intake will vary depending on the person's goals and activity levels. Um, if the person's sedentary and wants to lose weight. Their fats are going to be a lot higher right. um, because carbs tend to be something like we talked about that's not essential. Um, fats are a little bit more satiating than carbs are as well. And so they help with, you know, keeping calories low. But, you know, carbs we'll talk about in a second. Also, uh, when overeaten can be stored as body fat a little bit easier. Yeah. So we want to just make sure that we have a good amount of healthy fats. And they're
0: also important for vitamin absorption. So in our last episode, we talked about vitamin D, which is a fat-soluble vitamin. So Mm -hmm. vitamin A, D, E, and K are all... Um, vitamins that you need to consume with healthy fats, so yep. that's just something to to note here. And then, of course, fats supply fatty acids to our body that we cannot create. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we want to make sure that we're getting a good balance, though, of omega threes and omega sixes. Um, one of the supplements that I like that we'll go into further in another episode of supplementation, but I usually take fish oil, high quality fish mm-hmm. oil, just because I don't eat enough
1: fatty fish like salmon, yeah. and I want to get a good balance. Yeah. So and understand also that. You can eat foods that supply both or all three of these macronutrients. So, for example, chicken breast is mostly a protein. If you notice, there's very little fat on chicken breast, um, and so when you eat a chicken breast, it's going to be predominantly protein. Into, you know maybe say four ounces or so, will probably be around 20 to 24 grams of protein minimal fat, if any, um, and no carbs in chicken breast. And then, for example, ground beef is going to be a much more balance between fats and protein, especially if you look at the percentage breakdown of ground beef. If you ever notice, they say like eighty five fifteen or 93-7, that's basically lean to fat. Um, and so understanding that if you eat like four ounces of chicken breast, you're basically going to get no fats from that protein source. But if you eat ground beef, that's eighty you'll be getting a good amount of healthy fats um, given, you know grass-fed, organic, as much as we can, especially with beef, um, you'll notice that you'll be getting more fats as well in that. And it'll probably be a higher calorie protein too, because like we said, fats have higher calories. So understand that certain like foods have combinations of the macronutrients yeah. that make up your day. All righty.
0: So let's move on to carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. So this is one that is, a lot of people are either all for <laughs> carbohydrates or they that they're the devil and you cannot have them and you need to be keto and just craziness. So carbohydrates are your primary fuel source. Mm -hmm. So this is why we have most of our carbohydrates around our training time, especially if you are an athlete or an endurance athlete, you are consuming large amounts of carbohydrates before and after your training. I always say a good rule of thumb for like a post-workout is to have a two to one carb to protein ratio, Mm -hmm. three to one if it's a really intense session or maybe a longer training session like 90 minutes to two hours something like that so carbohydrates are your primary fuel source and they are four calories per gram yep the same as protein
1: they're delicious too
0: they are delicious <laughs> and they provide a lot of good vitamins and minerals like yeah. sweet potato white sweet potato rice like all All of these carbohydrates have a lot of good micronutrients, which fiber, fiber, yes,
1: keep those bowel movements going. (laughs) That's why low carb. Just guys, don't go low carb, like unless it's for medical purposes. Low carb is both sad, and you remove a lot of fibers and vitamins and nutrients that your body wants and needs when you remove those foods. I, I hear it all the time when people are like. I eat pretty healthy. Like I don't eat bread or pasta. I'm like, why is this associated with health and not health? Yeah. You can totally enjoy a healthy lifestyle and include these things in the smart way. Yep. So understand that, you know, being healthy doesn't mean avoiding carbs. That is, in my my opinion. And carbs doesn't just mean bread and pasta, right? You know,
0: there's so many other good foods that are quote unquote carbs, but are super nutrient dense. Mm -hmm. So we look at our fruits. Vegetables, those are considered yep. carbohydrates, right? Um, but, you know, again, sweet potato, white sweet potato, rice, beans, legumes, all of those things, while they are primarily carbohydrates, they do provide some
1: protein and they are excellent sources of fuel for your body. And I feel great. When I eat And understand, so here's why carbohydrates are so important, not only for post-workout, but also for proper thyroid and hormonal function. Yes. Carbohydrates create an insulin response, and an insulin response can blunt cortisol. So with exercise purposes your body spikes cortisol after exercise because exercise is a stress on the body. Cortisol is our stress hormone. Yes. So eating carbohydrates post-workout can help bring that cortisol level back into a good proper range and bring you into that parasympathetic state of that rest and digest, which is what you want to be able to recover after exercise. And for thyroid and hormonal function, both of these get impacted when cortisol is too high for too long. And so having carbohydrates can help bring those levels into a good range and help you keep a happy and healthy level for thyroid and hormonal function. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the same thing if you are somebody who's chronically stressed, which most of us Mm -hmm. are, you have a high stress job, maybe you have kids, you have some other, you know, demands in your lifestyle, whether it is relationships or friends or whatever, you have a high stress every day and then you're tired and wired at nighttime and you're trying to do a low carb. It's a recipe for Disaster. Mm-hmm. So, you know, carbohydrates can be consumed at nighttime before yes. bed. It is be okay. Helpful. They can be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're just going to blunt that insulin mm-hmm. and bring down um, your, your cortisol levels. Yeah. So, yeah. we want to make sure that, you know, you keep high quality carbohydrates in your diet. And by the way, guys, when people say I'm quote unquote low carb, like low carb is 100 to 150 grams for yes. most people. So, it's really not extremely low, right? I think a lot of people just think they have to be super extreme here. Um, But carbohydrates are what we set last, depending upon the person's goal. So we've thought that we would run through a quick case study for you today because you might be listening thinking, this is all great information, but how do I apply it? And so Mm -hmm. we want to help educate you to the point of being able to apply this to your own lifestyle. So we're going to give an example here of a female who is 5'4". She's 150 pounds. She trains four to five times a week. She does have a sedentary job, so she's not active during the day, but she is pretty intense in the gym. So she does strength and conditioning classes. Mm -hmm. um, And then she's trying to get her steps up, but she's averaging like 5,000 right now. Mm -hmm. So nothing like crazy high. Um, So a general rule of thumb without diving into a lot of other metrics and numbers as this far as is very like, basic. Yeah. Super basic. You know, we don't know her body fat percentage. We don't know her diet history. We don't know medical history, anything mm-hmm. like that. So just like a general range here is to take your body weight times 11 to 13, mm-hmm. and that's going to give you a calorie range for or weight, weight loss. loss. Yes. For <laughs> weight loss. So if you're looking to maintain, that's going to be anywhere between 14 and 16. If you're looking to gain muscle, obviously anywhere above us. Yeah. 16 <laughs> plus. So what we thought we would do is You know, Beck and I, it's always funny. Like, people think that they get a macro, like, quote unquote, prescription or whatever. This is like the magic number. And we hate to say it, but there's really no proper calculation right these are estimations
1: ranges always ranges and everyone functions differently everyone feels good on different ranges and you can manipulate them and Mm -hmm. i tell people this all the time especially with carbs and fats as long as fats are in a good range you can totally play around with those if protein and calories are kept consistent
0: absolutely i just did a a macro recommendation for my nieces or sorry my nephew's
1: fiance and she
0: she's asking me like how am i gonna go on 185 carbs because she's you know normally higher and i'm like well we're in a cut phase right now and i have to prioritize protein first, which has not been a priority for her in the past. So, um, you know, explaining to her that in my protein, which we actually forgot to talk about, but the range there is 0.7 to 1.2 grams per pound of your body weight. I personally like to take anybody who is cutting or, you know, in a Mm -hmm. calorie deficit around the 0.9 to one gram just for, you know, satiety purposes. Right. And so I was explaining that to her just like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. And I'm like, then I'm looking at your healthy fats. Like you're under eating healthy fats by 15, 20 grams right now a day. And these calories have to come from somewhere. So unfortunately we're not eating 220 grams of carbs at the moment. So
1: (laughs) what we would do essentially is with this 150 pound female, her goal is weight loss. We would take her around, we talked about 11 to 13 being kind of the multiplier. So you take that 11 to 13 and multiply it by the weight. We decided to go in the middle with 12. So 12 times the 150 pounds is 1800 calories. So that's what we have to work with. So like Liz talked about, protein is usually the most important. And the first one we start with, and we take, you know, between that 0.7 to 1.2. And that 0.7 is the FDA's minimum requirement guys. Mm. That's not what is healthy. That is like for avoiding malnourishment. Yes. So, if you take your, you know, 0. 0.7 and multiply it by your weight and you're not even close tracking your intake, might be something to consider. So we take, we decided to take um, 0.9 and multiply that by 150, which gave us 1, 135 grams of protein in her day. Okay, so the next one we go to is fats. So fats is going to be 60 grams. We basically took 30% of her calories. Okay, so yeah. we would take 30% times the calories, 1,800, and divide it by 9. Remember the calories per gram. I know this is a little math going on here, which is kind of tough to do over a microphone. Make sure you have a cup of coffee. Yeah. Make sure we both have a cup of coffee right now. Um, And then you basically take the remainder as carbs, which leaves us with 180 grams of carbs. So she's left with 1,800 calories, 135 grams of protein, 60 grams of fat, 180 grams of carbs. And this is where we would start. Yes. Basically monitor for a week or two, see how you feel, see what types of foods are making up these calories and these macronutrients make any adjustments and just go off of biofeedback and all of the markers, weight, body composition, pictures, measurements, how she's feeling. Is she going to the bathroom consistently? Is she sleeping well? How's recovery from workouts? How do workouts feel? There's so many things that your body's telling you whether this is the right place for you to be or not. Yeah. Yeah. And remember too, with weight loss as a goal,
0: 0.5 to one pound per week is a good sustainable loss
1: rate liz had to cough so she stepped away from the microphone she's been she's been a little uh little flu-like symptoms going on today (laughs) under the weather for the
0: last couple days but um that's also why i sound like a man i apologize guys um yeah so i think it's just really important to know that if you're starting in this range you have places to go you can drop Mm -hmm. calories further if you feel like you know you're still not getting that half a pound a week but I want to preface this by saying some people don't lose a half a pound a week because they've either been dieting for a long time. They need to do some metabolic restoration.
1: Maybe they're they're on medication. Or they're doing (laughs) foods that are basically like too inflammatory for their body. So we need to address quality of food. Guys, Liz is dying. On the other side of the microphone, by the way. I'm just I'm going to have to take over the podcast moving forward, just in, indefinitely. <laughs> um, but anyway, so this is why we wanted to go over this case study, because at the end of the day, it always depends. That's what we're always telling you guys. It's like nutrition is not black and white, unfortunately. There's so many other factors that can come into play, and so... Hopefully, this kind of macro breakdown helps you understand a little bit more why you need a balance of all these things and why calorie counting isn't the bottom line. Like, yes, calories matter. If you are in a calorie deficit and your body is in a relatively healthy place, you should be able to lose weight. If you're in a calorie surplus, you will gain weight. But how you feel and body composition wise, I used to have this kind of rule of like calories help you lose and gain weight. Macros kind of help with body composition and making sure that the weight that you're losing is proper weight and you still feel good and you have good biofeedback and all of those ducks are in a line because... Your body needs all of these things and wants all of these things. You can't survive on just protein and no fat and carbs or any of them and none of the others. Well, and I think macros definitely help with fat loss. That's another thing is people
0: think like weight loss is only the scale. Mm -hmm. But fat loss is you're going to see that either by testing your body fat percentage or simply taking photos and how your body is changing, where you've reduced inflammation. Mm -hmm. So, and again, quality of food matters within macros. Like we're not talking about flexible dieting, making this 1800 calories up from donuts and cereal and... Which is really hard to do if you're following proper macro breakdown. (laughs) But, you know, we want to make sure that you know that quality food is really, really important, especially if your goal is to lean out, to shed fat and Mm -hmm. to look good. Yeah.
1: So that's why we wanted to go over macros today. Just a quick breakdown. Hopefully you guys took some learnings away from this um, and understand food a little bit better. For me, it has always just helped me create a lifestyle that I want because I can track my intake. I can know what's in food. I can go to a restaurant and look at a menu and be able to basically see, okay, this is about this much protein. This is about this many carbs, this much fat. And I don't know, for me, knowledge is power. I know I talked about earlier how knowledge actually doesn't help you create habits or anything like that, but for me knowing what's in food and knowing I basically have like a dictionary of food in my mind all the time and it just helps me make the right decisions for my goals and for feeling my best.
0: Yeah. And I think the beauty of tracking food, for anyone, whether or not you're tracking calories or you're tracking all macros, you might just be doing calories and protein for a little while. But the beauty is that you learn what is in food, right? Mm-hmm. Like I know chicken breast is going to be leaner than chicken thighs. Yep. I know that you know certain foods are going to be a lot more dense in calories than other foods. Yeah, and like so chorizo. If anyone yes. loves
1: chorizo out there, I'm sorry. Or buffalo wings. Yes. If anyone likes chicken wings. So sad. Just, we might not want to track them. I might ruin it. Guys, I might ruin them for you. I can't eat chicken wings the same anymore. And I'll say that's one food that I've kind of let be ruined by the macros breakdown. But like, yeah. you know, I got goals. I got goals. Yeah. So
0: I think it's very good for learning and it's something that you can do for a season or for a yeah, period. Absolutely. But it's definitely not something that you need to do all the time. No. You know, you Some should be able, it. you should be able to get to a place where you can quote unquote, eat intuitively um, and you just know what is in food. Like Becca said, you have that dictionary. You know what fuels your body well, Mm -hmm. what makes you feel good, following those things. And then if you you know, are at maintenance mode, you can have some days where you're higher or you're lower or incorporating, mm-hmm. you know, some of the more fun foods that yep. you like. No food is bad. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you are on a goal of weight loss or fat loss, no pizza and chicken wings aren't going to be serving, you know, those goals yeah. all the time. So, yeah. anyways, we hope that you enjoyed this. If you have questions, if there's something specific that you want us to look over, shoot us a DM, mm-hmm. email us, whatever, we'd be happy to help. And as always, thank you guys for spending your time with us. We are honored to be able to educate you and help you improve your lifestyle. If you've enjoyed this, please share it with your friends and tag us on Instagram at lsn.coach. And please do us a personal favor and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes as this helps us grow, reach others, and continue to make great content. So as a thank you for helping us spread our message, we want to give you our ebook, The Diet-Free Guide to Living Your Best Life for Free. So head on over to lsn.fit and use the coupon, The Food Code, and have a great day.